Hey, 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 this is Mary at Mary Unapologetic. I apologize that I actually had to skip last week as far as releasing my, well, as far as, as releasing this episode. I'll tell you what, guys, life happens. And I went on a business trip with my husband. You know, I needed to be there to be his cheerleader. So I figured I can postpone this episode, which is, by the way, episode 40, by the way, folks. And I can't believe it's already like I'm on episode 40. Um, if you think about this, I'm only releasing every two weeks, you know, like bi- bi-weekly, just because I am juggling with a lot of stuff. But I don't want to forget about you guys and also those listeners that are following me. And I know you guys are out there. So I figured... You know, I'm going to make it happen this week and I'm going to go ahead, release one this week, even though I have a hectic schedule. But this episode is something special because, um, as you notice, I don't have any guests. And the reason being is because I am responding to um, one of my listeners' question in regards to disciplining a child. He has a question, and his question is actually, how do you make a child listen to you? As well as, I guess it's probably more so like um, disciplining your kids, right? How do you make your child um, listen to you and also pay attention to what you're teaching your child or children? I guess it sounds like this parent or one of my listener, I don't want to name who, sounds like um, he's talking out of frustration. He needs help. He needs help as far as disciplining his uh, kid. And he's probably frustrated because he had probably um, used all his resources as far as how to make his Uh, child listen to him and maybe nothing is working. So he had reached out to me and asked me this question, which is, by the way, it's a good question. There's no such thing as um, stupid question, you know, or stupid questions. I think every question is um, valid as long as it's um, a reasonable question, I suppose. It's not like, you know, it's not like out there. So this episode, I dedicate this to one of my listeners and to whoever that can benefit from this episode. It's actually my tips to an effective ways and healthy discipline strategies that work. Now, folks, I just want to remind you, I am not, um, you know, a child psychiatrist or anything like that, but I can assure you that at some point in my, you know, during my college year, I was so fascinated with human behavior and psychology and among other things, you know, so I decided to take a child development subject. And believe it or not, my teacher, she was amazing. She had a PhD in child development. She had so much knowledge and insights to share to us. And that actually helped me as far as disciplining my kids. And even before I actually had kids, I already had um, a pretty good idea how I'm going to do my disciplining and also how I'm going to 
motivate my kids into becoming a successful adult as far as, you know, because like every stage is different, by the way, too, you know, um, and motivating a person or like a child is like a, it's like a constant work. It's always a work in progress. I guess that's what I meant. So I thought that by me sharing my knowledge as far as my ways of disciplining my kids, I thought that some parents can benefit from this. And some of you guys will actually appreciate what I have to say. I actually applied this uh, tips that I'm going to share and it's actually successful. And I've done a lot of motivating people as well as especially motivating children because with children for each stage in their lives, they go through a change. So what, um, what a toddler would actually do or what would motivate a toddler is totally different than what or how you can motivate a teenager. And, and then the same thing with adult, you know, what you can um, use to motivate your teenagers, it's going to be different than when you are motivating an adult. It's a constant work. So without further ado, let's go ahead and start with my tips. I think um, as parents, it's our job to teach our kids to behave. And it takes time and patience. It helps to learn the effective, more productive discipline strategies. And the reason why I said, um, as you can see, I emphasize on effective because not all your ways of disciplining kids would actually work. So you want to figure out what would be more effective and what would, you know, if it's effective, obviously it's going to be productive, right? So, and yes, folks, there is a strategy, you know, or strategies, so my main thing about um, disciplining kids is like it takes time and it takes patience, but also being consistent. If you're not consistent, then it's not going to work. So those are the three things that, um, that actually will make it work, you know, time, patience, and being consistent. Okay, so my first on the list, my first tip actually as far as um, disciplining um, our kids it's actually teaching kids right from wrong at a young age. And I think when you teach your kids, you know, right from wrong at a young age, you're setting them to have a good foundation. So, and, and if you continue, continually remind them this stuff as they become an adult, then they're, you're only setting them for a good start and you're only setting them for success when they become an adult. And so I think discipline starts from home. And I know for a fact, for every country and for every different cultures out there, there's different ways of disciplining kids. Um, I've seen how Filipino cultures discipline. Till to this day, they actually, um, you know, use spanking as a way of them disciplining their kids or, or yelling. But then when I saw us here, um, Americans, how we discipline our kids, we actually um, use the time out, you know, uh, ways of disciplining kids. I've also 
haven't seen a lot of spankings here. I think it's because we have a law here that we can't actually spank kids. I mean, when I was a teenager, I've I've heard that we are not allowed to spank kids here. But like I said, you know, I'm giving you guys like a, an idea, like like a a comparison that. In other countries, such as the Philippines, the way they discipline kids, they actually spank. Here in America, we don't. You know, as Americans, we try to talk to our kids first, as young as toddlers, right? To uh, make them understand what's right from wrong, as well as making sure that there is consequences. So my point for my tip number one as far as teaching kids right from wrong at a young age, it's very helpful to start young. And the reason why you want to start young is because when the kids are still little, they already know. And and if you talk to them in the most um, way that they can understand the language, if you talk to them and explain to them why they're getting punished or why the discipline is happening, then they will understand it. And um, to do this, obviously, you need to have a calm voice. It doesn't help to discipline kids when you're irate and you're yelling. So um, my listener out there, I don't want to name who you are, talking to kids with, uh, you know, with a loud voice or yelling at them, it's really not going to help them. It's just going to make them more confused and it's going to probably give a different effect, you know, rather than them cooperating with you, they're probably going to want to do the opposite, which is tune you out and maybe react to the, you know, to your tone of voice. So if you're talking in a loud voice or in a yelling manner or in an angry voice, they're going to react rather than being cooperative and listening to you. So you want to make sure that you have a calm voice. Also, under my tip number one, you want to make sure that you're looking at them with an eye-to-eye contact. You may, you know, you need to get down to their eye level. I guess that's what I want to say. It was hard to really explain that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but anyways, you can like, you can be in this level, you know, so that way there's more of a, a, a connection, I, I, I should say, because if you don't connect, how are they going to pay attention to you? How are they going to listen to you? So it's always better anyway. You know, there's a saying, when you talk to someone, make sure you're looking at them in their eyes. So it's the same thing with the kids. You want them, you know, if you want, if you want them to listen to you, you want to make sure that you're looking at them on the eye level and they're looking at you and they're not doing this or doing that. And if you have to get down, then be it. Get down, you know. You might have to kneel down like this because obviously if you think about it, you know, a toddler, they're so little, what, they're about two feet, three feet, and you are probably, what, five feet and above or even like four feet and, well, there's no adult that's four feet. No, maybe there is an adult that's four feet, <laughs> five feet and above. Can you imagine when they're ta- when you're trying to discipline them and they're looking at you like this? I mean, it's so intimidating. You don't want them to, you don't want to intimidate them. That's what I'm saying. In order for them to trust you or to be cooperative or to, um, 
to have your cooperation, they need to trust you. And, and when they trust you, they're more cooperative. They're, they're more willing to listen to you. So you want to make sure that you are not intimidating to them. Okay. Also on my tip number one, I want to emphasize on if you're going to teach them right from wrong, you want to also make sure that you as a parent or as an adult is also doing what you're preaching to them. Basically what I'm saying is that practice what you preach. So if you're going to preach to them to, um, gosh, let's say, cause I'm going to give you an example. Let's say, um, don't chew your food with your mouth open. If you're going to tell them, you know, this is like etiquette, by the way, if you're going to teach them that, then you want to make sure that you're also doing the same thing. You, that you're actually, uh, being a good role model for them and that you're, um, you're practicing what you're preaching, you know, little, little kids as young as a toddler or even probably less than a year when they see something, they'll copy it. So monkey see monkey do. So it's very, very important that you're a good role model to your children or your child. Next, my number two tips in regards to this episode Give them consequences. If you give your children consequences as far as behaving bad or doing bad things, then they understand where you stand if they were to do bad things. And also, you need to communicate with them what would be the consequences, you know, whether it's a timeout on the corner or whether they have to uh, lose a toy, or maybe if it's a teenager, it's like maybe you're going to take their phone away if they don't listen to you, you know, um, or let's say um, you're going to do, a, you know, like more of a bigger punishment than rather than just a timeout. You know, if, they're, if, if you actually have a child that's like really, really stubborn and doesn't want to listen, to you and keeps doing bad things, then if the timeout doesn't work, then give them a bigger punishment. But if you're going to do that, you need to communicate it first to them and you need to make them understand that if they think that the timeout is not working, you know, if the timeout is not working as far as punishment anymore, that you are going to resort to some bigger punishment. So that way, they understand that there's level of punishment too, right? Because if they understand that there's level of punishment, it's it's going to like make them think that, oh man, you know, uh, the timeout wasn't working out for them anymore as well, you know, meaning not working out, meaning it's not like uh, affecting them anymore. Then they're, you know, because some kids will be like, oh yeah, it's only a timeout. What would a timeout do to me? It's just another five minutes, 10 minutes or 30 minutes timeout. Or maybe like, you know, if it's a teenager, you take their phone, you know, their phones away. They're probably thinking, oh, I'm just going to lose a phone for a day or two. You know, I mean, I'm going to take a chance of being a daredevil and doing this stuff that I want to do that's really bad because I'm only going to lose my phone for a day or two. So if you have one of those kids or kid, then you need to make sure that they understand that there's a higher punishment besides losing a phone or a timeout. And if you are going to tell them or tell your kids that there are consequences, make sure that you follow through. 
There's nothing worse than when you tell the kids that there are that there are consequences for their bad behavior, but then you don't follow through. Because when you don't follow through, then you're sending the wrong uh, message. You're sending the wrong signal. You're basically saying that, hey, you're all talk, but no action. So if you're all talk and no action, how serious do you think they're going to take you? Probably not that serious. They might not listen to you because they're not taking you seriously. So these are the stuff that, you know, I mean, I think this is what I would call the boundary. There's a boundary that they need to understand that they don't want to get you to the point of no return. And that's what I actually told my children. You don't want me or you don't want to get me to a point of no return where I have to resort to a higher punishment. So it's always better to communicate this with your child or children. Okay, moving on to my third tip. Actually, my third tip is give them your attention and make sure you are hearing them and listening to them. Let me just repeat that. Give them your attention and make sure you are hearing them and listening to them. So the key words here, giving your attention, you're hearing them and listening to them. The only reason why I emphasize on that is because there's nothing worse than when you're giving them attention, but you're not listening to them. I mean, don't get me wrong. You're giving them attention as far as what they're voicing out in regards to maybe their problems or maybe they're um, throwing a tantrum for a reason. You know, there's telling you what's wrong or what the problem is. So you're giving them your attention, you're hearing them, but you're not listening to them. Those are two different things, by the way, folks. Hearing and listening are two different things. So when you listen, that means you heard what's going on and you're acknowledging it and you're, you know, you're ready to help um, fix the problem. But if you're hearing, but you're not giving a solution, that means you're really not listening. So there's nothing worse than a child feeling like they're not being heard. When they are not heard, then they resort to other things. They can be like throwing more tantrums. They could also like resort to um, acting out or doing some really, really stupid things just to get your attention. So you want to make sure that you are listening to them. Give you know, give some kind of a solution to their problems, whether it's a child that you're dealing with, like a toddler or a teenager or even an adult. Now, if a child, uh, this is a question that one of my listeners had asked me, if a child doesn't want to listen, I think the reason why the child is not listening is because you haven't given that child your full attention yet. You haven't really asked the child, why are you not listening to me? What would it take for you to listen to me? Or if you were to offer a solution or if you were to tell the child what to do, if that child doesn't understand clearly what you're asking from him or her, then she wouldn't know where to start as far as listening. But if you were to explain to that child um, what you expect from that child and how to go about 
listening to you as well as um, how you, how that child should pay attention to what you're um, telling that child, then it would be a different result. For me, before I actually talk to my kids, I make sure that I'm thinking how I'm going to approach it and, you know, as far as my strategy and what I'm going to say. And I choose words wisely because if I'm just going to talk to them like how I talk to my husband, it's not going to work. I have to talk to them in the level that they will understand it. So anyways, moving on. So because I only have 30 minutes of this episode and I don't want to go over. Now, also, I don't want to forget. And this is the note that I made sure that it's actually listed here. So that way I don't forget that make sure that you have two way communication to be effective as far as you communicating with your um, kids. It's also you allowing them to be heard, to have a voice. And this way you are empowering them. When you empower them, they're going to feel it. They're going to feel like, whoa, I'm important because my mom or my dad is actually taking my opinion into consideration. So it's going to make them feel important. And when they feel important, they're more willing to cooperate with you. And when they feel like they have a voice, they are also help you more as to uh, how to solve the problem. And I call that a two-way communication in order for you um, in order for you to be effective as far as getting through to your kids. Okay, my number four tip is setting limits. So when I said setting limits is that make sure that your rules are consistent and they can follow it. And you also need to make sure that your explanation is age appropriate as far as, you know, the terms that you use. And so that way they can understand it. And this is one of the strategy that I've actually used and it actually works. If I'm actually trying to get through to a toddler, then I want to make sure that I'm explaining it to that toddler in a way that a toddler, it's, it's like a toddler language, in a way that they will understand it. And when I do that, I wouldn't use the same strategy or tactics to a teenager because obviously teenagers different now. I can, you know, I can articulate a little bit more. I can, I don't have to talk like little kids anymore. So that's, I guess that's what my term is. You know, when I talk to little kids like toddlers or, you know, like somebody who's five or six, seven or eight, nine. So when I talk to them as far as explaining things in regards to what's right from wrong, I usually make sure that it's age appropriate. If I need to be talking to a child like a kid, then I'll talk to a child like a kid. If I need to talk to um, a teenager, like, like the, you know, like in a language that they can understand, then I'll talk to them like an adult. And no matter what, though, I'm very consistent as far as the rules and the expectation. I don't change rules all the time. I'm always consistent. And also, I don't change expectations. I'm always consistent because no matter what, you don't want to send the wrong message and they get you wrong. So you want to be consistent on those. Moving on to my number five tip would be give them positive reinforcement. 
I am big on positive reinforcement. And actually, this would be an answer to a question that my listener asked me. He asked me whether spanking his kid or yelling to his kid would work as far as disciplining. To me, spanking and yelling to your kids is really not going to work because they're just going to go do the opposite. They're going to react, right? So if you think about this, when you're having an argument or disagreement with someone and you you know, you uh, raised your voice and you, or you, you look angry, you know, body language speaks volume too. So you want to make sure that you're not intimidating to the person that you're dealing with. Right. So my point is when you react this way to a child that you're trying to get his or her attention to listen to you, it's not really going to work when you're angry or when you raise your voice or when you speak physically spanked them. It's always better. And I didn't believe this until, like I said, um, I studied psychology and as well as child development. I, I didn't really understand that positive reinforcement, excuse me, positive reinforcements is actually more powerful than spanking your kids. Positive reinforcements is like basically you empowering your kids to do the right thing. And you're validating them doing the right thing. And when they do the right thing, they want to do more right things in the future to make you happy. Because they saw that, hey, I made my mom happy. Therefore, I want to do it again. It's such a good feeling when you make someone happy, right? Like for me, I, I like helping people. So when I help people, it gives me that um that feeling like, oh, I did something good today. And because I did something good today, because I helped someone, um, then I want to do more of that. Because for me, that's rewarding because of the feelings or the highs that I get when I help someone. So that's why it's always, you know, I always suggest or I always advise to people, give positive reinforcement, whether it's your children or whether it's an adult, they actually um, work effectively when you're trying to motivate someone, especially if it's your coworker or someone that you uh, that works for you. When you give them the positive reinforcement, it will uh, give you more rewards, actually, because they're they're more willing to work with you. They're willing, you know, as far as cooperating. And when you give them positive reinforcement, they you know, they feel empowered. When you empower them, they are willing to be more creative. I actually talked about this on my Las Vegas presentation at MTE, you know, how to um, motivate your employees or people you work with, you know, by giving them positive reinforcement and, and or, or empowering them. Because when you empower people, doesn't matter what age it is, they feel good about themselves. They feel confident. And when they feel confident, they get more creative because it's positive high or it's a high that they get that they want to contribute more. And if you folks are wondering what a positive reinforcement is, it's actually when you uh, praise 
your child when they do something good, right? Make sure that you catch them when they're doing good, not just the bad things. You know, I think for some folks or for some of us parents, we always catch the bad things that our kids um, do. And very rare that we actually acknowledge the good things that they have done, you know, the positive things that they have done. So there's some studies out there that if you do, you know, uh, positive reinforcement or uh, empower people that the rewards will be twice as more than what you would expect. Okay, moving on to my number six tips, by the way, keep an open communication. When somebody says open communication, I don't for know. me, an open communication is something that I want my kids to be able to talk to me about everything. When I say everything is that I don't want them to feel like they're not comfortable to tell me, let's say about um, the girl that they like, you know, that the girl that my son like, or whether he has a crush on someone or, or I don't want him to think that if something bad happened, let's say um, he dented a car, you know, we're in the dent business, you know, he, let's say he dented a car and he recognized that that was his fault. And he's scared to tell me. I don't want him to keep that a secret. I want him to be able to tell me and know that I'm not going to judge him. So make sure that there's open communication, that they can tell you whatever it is that's bothering them or concerning them. You want to make sure that they also understand that you are there to help them. Don't get me wrong, folks. You are the parent. but. You can also be their friend in a way that you can help them solve their problems. So this way, if they need you to help them, that they will come to you first rather than their friends or someone. And this way, you're also eliminating the bad advice that can be given by someone that they know, maybe like someone like their friends, right? I'm not saying that their friends will give a bad advice, but it's always better to get the good advice from us anyway. And we want it that way, right? So we want to make sure that they feel comfortable to come to us and, and communicate um, what it is that they need help with. And to me, I call that open, open communication. Um, and also teach them about constructive criticism. I don't smoke, by the way. I'm just giving an example. If somebody tells me, Mary, you really shouldn't smoke because smoking can kill you, you know, can ruin your lungs. Well, if somebody's going to tell me that, I'm not going to get mad. If anything, I'll be like, you know what? I really appreciate you being concerned of my health. I would, you know, I would approach it like that if somebody told me about my bad habit as far as smoking, which by the way, folks, I just want to make sure that you guys understand I don't smoke, but I'm just using that as an example. That's what constructive criticism is. I want you to make sure that your child or children understand that it's okay to have a constructive criticism and that, that they should accept it. It's actually going to help them to be a better person when somebody gives them a constructive criticism because that's how you can improve yourself. If nobody gives you um, a criticism or constructive criticism, how do you know what to improve on? You wouldn't really, right? Another big thing that I want to um, give advice on is 
and I don't do this to any of my kids, it's my number seven uh, tips. Basically, don't spoil your kids. I've seen it in some other cultures that they spoil their kids. But when you spoil your kids, you're only teaching the kids to, uh, or to, to behave more bad. Because when you're not correcting them, because you're spoiling them, then what ends up happening is that when you spoil your kids, you are setting them for failure in the future because you're not teaching them the right thing. Because you're not correcting them, you're, you're condoning probably their bad behavior. You know, to me, that's what I'm thinking as far as spoiling. Spoiling could be, you know, I guess it depends on what's your definition of spoiling, you know, spoiling your kids. To me, spoiling your kids is like not correcting them, giving them whatever they want, you know, as far as materialistic things. But when you really give your kids all the materialistic, materialistic things that they ask for, they just become more spoiled and, and then tend to not listen to adults Okay, number eight. We're almost done, folks. Number eight, always, always, when you're disciplining your kids, to tell them that you love them and that you're only doing the disciplining, it's because it's for their own good. It's really not for us. Well, it is maybe a little bit for us, but I'm just saying, in the long run, it's supposed to be for them for them to be a better person, for them to, you know, better themselves. So that way they can thrive here on earth. Because don't get me wrong, it's very competitive out there. Once they become an adult, life just becomes even more complicated, more competitive, more harder. So if you don't teach the kids the foundation on how to, you know, make it in this world, not, not teach them life lessons, then they wouldn't really be able to thrive. So always remind them that when you're disciplining, it's not you um, attacking them. It's you trying to help them to become a better person. It's you teaching them how to thrive in the future because life is only going to get harder. It's not going to get easier. And as we, as we become adults, it becomes more complicated. There's always obstacles that's going to come um, to us and, and challenge us. So anyways, with that said, I just want to end, end this with this note that we all want our kids to be successful in the future. Therefore, we all want them to be set for a success. And by disciplining our kids and teaching them life lessons and give them an insight of what's to come in the future as they mature or get older, then it's really giving them like a preview of what's to come next and that they should be prepared. And disciplining them will prepare them to thrive in a competitive world that we are living in. Life doesn't get easier. And also, we want our kids to grow up as good human beings that 
will contribute positive things in our society. As much as possible, we don't want them to be a menace. So the disciplining starts at home. It's our responsibility. So it starts at home. So that's why we want to make sure that we discipline our kids to kind of like give them the good foundation of how to thrive in this world. And I'm going to end it here, folks. Until next time, don't forget to follow me here at Mary Unapologetic. <laughs>